As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Summer is here, ladies and gentlemen, and the deals are a plenty. Hi, everyone. John Spain here for the Gear Radio Network to let you know that if you shop Amazon at all for anything, please consider using our link instead of using Amazon.com. Our link is shopgear.com. That's shopgere.com. Very simple, very small. But what it does is when you type that into your URL browser, it'll redirect you right to Amazon, right to your account, and you do all of the Amazon purchases that you normally would. But the difference between using my link versus using the regular Amazon link is you tell Amazon that we at Gear Network refer you And they give us a small commission of your purchases, which goes a very, very long way to help sustain the free podcasting and help us continue to upgrade the studio as needed to continue to provide this content. So very, very easy, very easy for you to do. You use Amazon anyways, shopgear.com. Use that redirect link just once. It'll stick to your cookies. It'll stick to your history, and you won't have to even bother using it again. Just type the letter S after you use it once. Shopgear.com will pop up. Boom. Hit enter. You're good to go. You're at Amazon. You're doing your Amazon shopping. You're getting your free 30-day trial of Prime, which gives you shipping in two days or less if you don't have Prime. If you do have Prime, you're still getting the benefits of it, my babies, and you're doing it, and you're helping out this small business by doing what you normally do anyways thank you very much by the way for all of the patronage that you have given us over the years using shopgear.com and for the continued use of that link from all of us here at the gear radio network the following is a presentation of the gear radio network episode is going to be different because today the person being interviewed is me. So I got my cousin Chad Stanley here with me. Uh, he's going to be conducting the interview. He's been along for the ride with me uh, my whole life through the music business and he's been in the music business all along, still is, and a lifelong wrestling fan, uh, just breaking into the horror movie scene himself. So he knows where I'm at, he knows what to ask, and uh, hopefully this is a good chance for you guys to learn a little bit about your host 
so that you know who you're listening to every single week. So before we jump into that, I do need you guys to check out Unchained Muscle. They are a sponsor of this show, and they make this possible. So make sure you check out unchainmuscle.co.uk. Code RVEGAS20 saves you 20% at checkout for tank tops, shorts, men's, women's, and, of course, the mental health charity section, where everything you buy, a portion of that will be going to mental health charity. So please check them out. They make the show possible. So uh, let's get Chaz in here, and we will start this interview. Robbie, thanks for having me. Oh, man, thanks for uh, agreeing to do this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I know everything about you. I've known you for, uh, how old are you now? 47 years? Yeah, yeah, 32. <laughs> okay, close enough. <laughs> so I figure this would be a great opportunity for people to get to get to know you and to get to know me a little bit because I'm going to force my way back on here quite a few times. Yeah, we got some cool, cool segments coming up uh, that... We can get into later on after yeah. we, we do a little talking here. Well, why don't you let everybody know how it all started? Where did Rockstar Robbie Vegas start? So, I started playing guitar when I was six. Um, super young age to start that um, because my dad's a guitar player, so he was always strumming on the acoustic, writing songs. And uh, as soon as I was old enough to hold a guitar, he took me down to a, a local music shop. And I started taking lessons, and when I learned all I can learn from them, um, kind of went off on my own and started teaching myself the rest. And of course, as you would know, <laughs> uh, my uncle gave me a bunch of his Kiss records, and the rest is history. Because really, I mean, who didn't ever want to be Kiss? Like, I feel like every musician in the world wanted to be Kiss at some point. And that's something we both had in common, but it was also separately. Your uncle got you into Kiss. My brother got me into Kiss, and we were always hanging out, you know, as little guys, just listening to Kiss records and acting like we were in the band. Yeah. And <laughs> we still do that today. Yeah. But I don't know. You might want to edit that out. I, I don't know if you want people. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> but do you remember standing on the couch and uh, in your mom's house uh, watching Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park? <laughs> Air guitar. I could quote that movie. Maybe not so much anymore, but I could quote that movie back in the day on the VHS. Kids, VHS was a thing that had tape in it. You put it in a VCR. It was before streaming. Don't worry about it. And you had to rewind. Yeah, well, if you were kind. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you started off playing chords with, you know, your dad was showing you chords. And I must say that I'm a guitar player too, and you showed me my first few chords. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah right. so, so that was because of you, and so I thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Maybe my fans thank you for that as well. <laughs> but how did, so how, how what a jump. You, you went from, from playing guitar with your dad, with your cousin in the basement, to opening up for Wednesday 13. Tell me about that experience. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a long road. <laughs> well, I mean, well, we started playing... You know, that was my first band, and we were kind of, what, what would you say, we were like a new metal band? Yeah, we, we were in the era of the, the, the Cold Chambers God's and the Deftones, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, how old were you? I was 14 the first time we played a live show together. Yeah, yeah. The, we, yeah. you were the baby, and I was. I was just a year older than you, so I was pretty much a baby. Yeah, uh, the other guys were closer to 18, I think. They were older <laughs> than us, but we all had more experience than you. You yep. were more of the seasoned musician because you were playing with your dad, but we were all drama kids. Right. So we yeah. were on stage, and then I remember we played at this big room, the room where I've, I've seen Godsmack play before, back then, yeah. and you guys, everybody, I'm saying you guys, because I was into it, but you guys were so scared, yeah. you guys were so stiff, yeah. I, I think I was pretty, like, out there yeah, moving yeah. around. Well, you were ready. You know, you <laughs> so, but that's 14 years old, yeah. so yeah. It, it, it's a big shock, and to be honest, 
that really wasn't your scene. You didn't really like that music. Because what no. were you listening to at 14? Uh, Kiss, Poison, Motley Crue, Skid Row, Winger. Oh, so this was 1987. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no, no, it was 2002. Okay, <laughs> sorry. So, <laughs> you're a little bit out of uh, touch. No, you were. I was right with you. Yeah, you but, were. But I did have a little bit of that newer metal side at that point. Yeah. But that wasn't for us. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. I mean, I had fun with it because I do love Godsmack and Dope and, you know, all those bands that we were kind of emulating at the time. But I don't think that it just suited me. You know what I mean? It didn't suit you. You you were that's not what you wanted to do. And I don't even honestly, if I'm thinking back, think you were even into dope then. I think I knew them a little. I after. think I got into dope afterwards. Yeah, yeah I was so. as far as back then though. I I did really like Godsmack always, and we did a lot of their songs, of yeah, course. <laughs> But, yeah, so it seemed like you didn't want to be in that band, and I was just in it to be in it, yeah. because you were you were my cousin, the other guys were, like, the cooler, older guys, Right. they're, they're not, no. They're not. I hope they're not listening to this. <laughs> I hope <part>. they are. <laughs> so, it was just something to do. So then, do you remember the name of your next band? Uh, let's see, so we were Dark Days, which yeah. was named after... Oh, we never the, said that. We, yeah, we were named after Cold Chamber, which actually started with just me and you. Yeah. And those guys saw me coming in with my equipment, and they just brought theirs over, and all of a sudden we were in a band. Well, that's very the truth. Let's <laughs> well, we'll give it a rewind real quick. How it started, actually, was me and me and Robbie jamming in my basement. I was drumming. Yeah. Robbie was playing guitar. And singing. Yes. we were. I was think I was singing, right? Or no, we, we, we were trying to go back yeah. and forth. Right. We were hanging them from the rafters. We were, because we were too poor to have mic stands, because right. we were 14. And, absolutely. So then these other guys drove by, saw us loading in. Next thing you know, they just came in my basement. Yeah. The one guy was a much much better drummer than I was. I had no equipment, so I'm like, I guess I'm the singer. And then we started a band. <laughs> and that's how that went. But that band only lasted, I believe, like half a year. I think it was actually a little over a year. Was it over yeah, a year? Yeah, we were in there for a little bit. And then we went into Aces and Eights, of course. There you go. See, you yep. That was a hodgepodge of a band. It was, it was. We did. We Then we started covering cooler stuff, in my opinion, where we were doing Metallica yes. and stuff like that. We were also becoming better musicians. Yes. You know, I started playing guitar then. I wasn't a guitar player in that band. Mm-hmm. But I was learning, you were showing me, and I think I even contributed a song or two yeah. to being in that band. Right. And yeah. then after that, at least our um, band mateness stopped for a while. It did. You went it off did. and did your own thing. I, I started Tainted, and uh, we won a couple Battle of the Bands and, and uh, made a couple EPs. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And um, I think, yeah, from there I jumped into Angel Down, which was my favorite project that I ever did and the, probably the most success I ever had, which leads me into opening up for Wednesday 13 twice. <laughs> um, actually, it was Wednesday 13 the first time in his sleaze rock band, uh, Gunfire, Gunfire 76. Gunfire 76, who, I, I love Gunfire Yeah, 76. me too. So that, that's <laughs> a sweet band. But you forgot, uh, I was actually in Tainted for a little bit. You were, and you eventually got and Angel Down And I was in Angel Down, down yeah. for a little bit, so you, yeah. you can't get rid of me. <laughs> 
now we play acoustic games now, every now and then together. Yeah, so that's <laughs> just what it is. We were, we're attached at the hip. But the coolest thing, though, was opening for Wednesday because you know that I was a huge Wednesday yeah. fan since high school. Yeah. So I, I think I bought my first Wednesday 13 shirt when I was 15 or 16. Well, the funny thing from what I, uh, I remember is I was a Slipknot fan. Yes. And then when, when the murder dials happened and Stone Sour happened right about the same time, I was all in on the murder dolls. Yes. I loved them. I thought they were great. Mm-hmm. And then and you loved them too. And I kind of just stayed with them. And yes. And they didn't release another album for like nine years. Yeah, it was a long time. And you were always into Wednesday. Yes. And you've, I'm not going to say Force Wednesday on me, but you've always kept me updated on Wednesday. On what he's doing, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and I love it. I love that horror punk. I love punk music. I love metal music. So it's perfect. Yeah. And when I heard that you opened up for Wednesday that first time, that was with Angel Down. That was with Angel Down. And yeah. I believe that was like uh, half a year after I wasn't your guitar player anymore. So thanks for that. No, no. You you actually became my guitar was player after? after. Oh, maybe it was just yeah. after. Yeah. Because I remember I just missed it. In yes, some, you did just miss it. In some form. But yeah. I, that's cool. That's fine. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. I'm sure that other guy was If you guys could see the look on his face right now. <laughs> and, no, no, I never met Wednesday. You, you introduced me to, I think, Jack. I did introduce you to Jack, who is the guitar player for Wednesday 13, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's so cool. So make up for it sometime. You yeah, know, right. You got you to let it go. So that first time you're opening up for Wednesday. Now, I, Shout out to Jack, by the way. I love you, dude. I like Jack, too. <laughs> uh, he was in, was he the one in Bullets and Octane? He was, he yeah, was. Bullets and yeah. Octane is another Who one. I also opened up for. Uh, Shut up. It was uh, Bullets and Octane <laughs> and Gunfire 76. I, I opened up that show. I'm jelly. <laughs> okay, so I believe that was your first big opening act because we didn't have anything in Dark Days. We had minor opening things in Tainted, but they were more like famous local bands. Yes. They yeah. weren't as big stage. Yeah. So, and I know you're big, so you're big into Wednesday. Like, how, how are you feeling thinking he's back He's back there? You know, I, I know it's got to be going through your head like, oh my God, maybe he's going to hear me and sign me. Or, oh, it was crazy. I think... Uh, I remember walking in that day, and uh, we were the first band there out of the four bands, and uh, Wednesday wasn't there yet, and when he did come in, I was immediately starstruck and terrified. I was so nervous, and I was also like 21. <laughs> and, uh, 40 years ago. <laughs> and uh, I, when I met him, he was a super nice guy. You know, he wasn't intimidating. He was super nice. He was friendly, and he left to go get ready, you know, the stage show and the makeup and all that. And I remember the second song we were playing of Angel Down, which was called Good Witch, Bad Bitch. We turned, and he was standing side stage watching. And I just remember being real freaked out because I was so nervous that he wasn't going to like us. But uh, the night ended up going great, and we I remember his fans, actually, which I was nervous about not liking us, actually liked us. We sold out of all of our merch, and uh, it was just a really fun show. And, uh, yeah, that was my first experience, really, like, meeting him on a personal level, and he was super cool. And now you guys got a, kind of a relationship now, don't you? Yeah, he's a wrestling fan, and I did open up for him twice. So we've been, uh, you know, I, I've seen him 15 times now, I think. And uh, actually, in two days, I'm going to see him again. And, uh, you know, I always keep in touch with him and, and talk to him and try and catch up with him after shows if possible when he's not super busy. But uh, always keeping in touch with Jack. Jack's, Jack's an awesome guy, great guitar player, too. So, yeah. That was that was a crazy experience, and then fast forward almost a year later, and I'm opening up for him again with Bullets and Octane and Gunfire '76. That's that's, <laughs> that's super cool because that shows that, that at least that band Angel Down, which I was in for a little bit, yeah, and I enjoyed it too. Like like me and me and Robbie have the same kind of past. We both say we both play guitar. Mm-hmm. You think we would headbutt, but we don't. 
No, no. And that no. was his band. I walked into his band, and it was his band. I just played. I just sang. It was it was a good time. Mm-hmm. But that band ended up just dying out because somebody changed their mind <laughs> on what they wanted to do with their life. But was it, though? I feel <laughs> like we were having a hard time keeping other members. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we went through a ton of band members. But yeah, then, yeah. I mean, it's just the truth. Your, your, your love in life shifted. Yeah, did. You didn't want to be a, a big musician anymore. I didn't say no. rock star. Yeah, right. <laughs> You didn't want to be a big musician anymore. You put every effort you had into becoming a wrestler. I did. I did. I was I was getting bitter with the music business too because there's so many broken promises and you know maybe record deals, maybe tours that don't happen, and you know you think you open up for people like Wednesday 13, Gunfire 76, and things are going to start happening for you, and they do for a second, but then all the broken promises start coming in. And then the and internet really and killed then the music. internet killed the music scene exactly. Um, so yeah, then I shifted to wrestling, and I would have regretted it if I never tried it, because you know, yeah. I was a wrestling fan since I was old enough to be a wrestling fan. You were, me and you were so big into wrestling, and I thought of it, and you mm-hmm. stayed into it, and you were always into it, and like I was surprised when you said you were going to, you, you mentioned that you were going to do it, and I don't know if I didn't believe you at first. But I was just like, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't think it could be done. I didn't know any wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And you didn't ask anyone for help. You just went out and you did it. You did it. Next thing I know, you're like, hey, I got a ring in my backyard. Do you want to train? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 When I was training early on, uh, they needed a place to store the ring. And I was like, well, I have a big backyard. And it ended up being here for like four months. Yeah. And I used the shit out of it. I'm proud to you. You're probably yeah. bumping all the time. Oh, I was out there all constantly, constantly. Even when nobody was here, I was out there just running the ropes and, and taking bumps. And that was right in the beginning? That was a couple months into my training, yeah. So you started at what age? Um, Let's see. I had to be 23. I mean, that's, I mean, that's not old by any means. But no. it's not like you got into it at like 17. So right, no. right. You had a bit of a climb ahead of you. Because yeah. you were taking it seriously. Absolutely. You weren't going to be one of these, you know, part-time wrestlers with the beer gut that are just bumping to have a good time. Right, absolutely not. So you had a little, and you started a little late. Yeah, I did. I thought it was late. Uh, other people were telling me it wasn't so late, but I felt like 23 was late. To start, it could be. It could be, I mean, yeah. think about it now. Anybody in WWE, when they're getting big, they're 32, 33. Right. You know, that's where you are now. Right. But they would have already 15 years of experience. Yeah. But you just had to work extra harder. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you have made your way. You were, you are. Tell me about your first few matches that you remember when, oh, you, were, when you were the green. <laughs> They were probably awful. Um, man, I, I fought Davy Delight, who is now, uh, he goes by Ezra Elwood, and uh, is one of my best friends, one of your best friends, mm-hmm. Waz. And uh, shout out to Waz, dropping shoot names. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> I just remember us, like, really, at least me, I can't speak on his behalf, but I struggled because I was so nervous, but I also wanted to be perfect. But I knew I wasn't going to be, but I had that standard set for myself. Mm-hmm. And it was just grasping how to put a match together and working on Well, he was fly. probably new, too, right? Yeah, we broke you, in at the exact same time. So we were in the same training matches. Yeah. They're throwing these two green rookies out there. Uh, together, yeah. Do you think that's a good uh, that's a good way to do it? <laughs> Looking back on it, no. No, probably yeah, not. Absolutely not. Um, I think that the best way to learn is to be in there with people better than you, people who've been in there for a long time. Because I know when I first started grasping what was going on, I was wrestling guys who've been around for years. Mm. Uh, Cloudy, who I interviewed mm. a few episodes ago, 
was one of the first guys to show me what it's really like to learn from somebody who's that good. You know, he's got the Ring of Honor experience and and uh, kind of just pulled me aside and would would uh, give me little notes. Uh, guys like Bill Collier uh, always let me listen in. Tyson Dukes always let me listen in. Um, you know, these guys were gracious enough to say, all right, you're green, but I'm going to help you anyway. <laughs> and that's where I really started to learn. Well, that's how it's got to be. It, like, yeah. It, it, and a lot of people hold the wrestling business like that. But, I mean, it's just in life. Yeah. You're not going to come in. You're not going to be the best at what you are right away. Yeah. You need to be, you know, you need to be smart enough to learn from someone who's better. Yeah. And hopefully find someone who's uh, not as selfish that will teach you. Absolutely. And it seems like you had that. I did, I did. And Tyson, for anybody who is not familiar with the wrestling business, has been around for a long time. Tyson Dukes has, has worked with TNA. He currently still works with Impact. and he had. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, time in WWE for years and the Cruiserweight Classic came around and they brought him back. So sitting under the learning tree with Tyson is a big deal. So he, he really helped me out early on. And I was fortunate enough to share the locker room with a lot of uh, former WWE, ECW, WCW stars who would give advice, you know, sitting next to Rhino for a couple shows, mm-hmm. you know, sitting next to Stevie Richards, like those guys would talk to Colin me. And, and yeah, Colin Delaney, absolutely. The first time I wrestled Colin was a year ago, and I've, I'm already coming up on my eight years of having matches, and I just wrestled Colin a year ago. And, I mean, he was great. After the match, I went up to him like I, I feel everybody should and ask, what can I do different? What, what can I be better at? And, of course, he right away he just had it boom 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 and do that and you know you're, you're going to be just fine and he's just a great guy a lot of time spent in wwe too you know yeah i met him he's a, he's a real nice guy. isn't he he's and of course you've been to pop rock yeah shout out to pop rock it's a great yeah. little uh coffee shop that he has yeah and i just saw him uh what was it last november uh wrestling the dark match at the ring of honor show yeah so he's still putting in his time absolutely he's, he's got to do so that's great to see now you were telling me at the beginning of this part about how your first match you had the nerves you want everything to be perfect yeah. um i will tell you that i just saw your match from two nights ago and that has not changed <laughs> yeah that's very true i as and waiting to be in the main event too is nerve-wracking you're watching the, the card progress and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and as that's happening those pre-match jitters are just building and they're building and they're building and you just want to have that great match you want to have match of the night and i feel like you should feel that way you should have pressure on yourself if you're in the main event why shouldn't I feel like I should be having the best match on that show? But I also feel like everybody should feel like they're having the best match on that show because that show had great guys on it. Caden and Maximo, those guys are awesome. You know, like you, you see H.C. Loke is out yep. there, you know, ECW, Ring of Honor, you know. The return of Marcus Midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. 
<laughs> and you were also uh, probably nervous because your opponent was like 100 pounds bigger than you? Yes, he was. Uh, Cyclone Jones. Thus, he outweighs me by a legitimate 95 pounds. Yeah, so. And there was a few times I was flattened, if you recall. I recall, <laughs> but it was a hell of a match. Thank you. You guys stole the show. And why don't you let uh, everybody out there know, what was the outcome of that match? What happened? I am the new heavyweight champion over, over Cyclone Jones. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Now, that see that, now, that's something you should be proud of. Yeah. And that's something you should tout because, you know, when I was when I was talking to you, I was like, are we going to talk about the match? You're like, I don't know. I'm like, no, you tell people because you, and I told you for years, you were you felt like you got stuck in the tag teams. I did. You I were did. stuck in the tag teams forever. And yeah. you're a great tag team wrestler. But it's time to prove, let alone to all your fans, but to yourself, that you're not just a tag team wrestler. Right. And to prove to Chris and Marcus that I'm Sean. No. <laughs> there can only be one Sean. There can only be one Marty. So who's the other one? Lee Cassidy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But you like him. I do. I like him all. <laughs> you like him. So, so tell me, like, your thoughts when you, you you got in there, you hit that big super kick, and you're laying on the ground, and you see that title. You won your first singles title with both of your big time partners there. All three of them. Yeah. Throwing ish in there. Yeah. You, and, and all three of them there watching you, cheering for you, booing for you, because they didn't know what to do. Right. You you, you and Cyclone are great friends. Yes. You guys yeah. are, you know, you guys are the squad, the three of you. Yeah. Chris was right there all nervous. I saw he was, him. he was. I saw him. He might have been just more nervous than me. He looked like, you know, when like a, a mom is watching the two sons play football, <laughs> that that's what he looked like. On rival teams. Yes, on rival teams. That's what he looked like, so... So so, tell me how it felt. Well, did you feel like any weight get lifted off your shoulder, or did you feel more like I don't want to say anxiety, or did you just worry like this is another hill I'm on now? Um, well, the first thing I thought when the referee hit three is I did it. Like it was a sense of like I kept time the big bastard down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hit that moment of time to exhale and really take this in because regardless of what anybody says about any companies. Um, it is a big deal to be the face of a company and to be put in that position, especially when you find out that your first title defense is against H.C. Loke. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah good luck. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but my first thought was, you know, I did it. Like, I, I got my first singles title because I'm a five-time tag team champion. I, that's, this is my how first five-time tag team champion. Five-time? Five-time. 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 That's more than the Rockers? It is. I think that's more than Shawn Michaels in general, right? Maybe. It, it may be. Maybe, it, it might may be. be. I'm chasing him. You, you, you got Because <laughs> he had it with Austin. He did. Did he have it with Triple H? He did. Okay. He did. Uh, John Cena. Okay. See, that, yeah. I'm out at that. <laughs> so now you're showing Marty Jannetty, but then they struck it from the record yeah, books. Didn't that didn't count. Never happened. Oh, don't forget Diesel. Don't forget Diesel. Were they tied? Yeah, they were. So you might be tied. We might be. Yeah. He's definitely got more partners. You've got time. You've got plenty of time. <laughs> He's retired. <laughs> From his last match, he might want to stay. Right? Yeah, for sure. For he was sure. all right, but okay, <laughs> moving on. I'm gonna throw two names at you. Sure. You tell me. You tell me if you've had an experience. Mm-hmm. Velveteen Dream, Leo Rush. Oh man, that was prob- That was the first time in wrestling that uh, I got a standing ovation and a "This is Awesome" chant from a decent sized crowd too. Uh, it was me and Marcus Midnight versus uh, Leo Rush and Velveteen Dream for uh, Maximum Force Wrestling. I think we were in Gowanda. If I remember correctly, oh, go on, and, uh, that's a drive. Yeah, <laughs> that is a it's the countryest town you could think of, folks. Yeah, let's go on. And Tatanka was on the show, so uh, yeah, the crowd was was pretty big that day. And yeah, we got a, a this is awesome chant and a standing ovation when the match was over. And um, yeah, those guys were just so good then. And, and now this oh man, um, I 
can't remember the year. Um, so let's see. I got to They've been around at least, what, three years? In, yeah. In, the, in WWE, so maybe like 2013. 2013 is what I was going to say, somewhere around there. Because it was before Marcus had to retire because of injuries. Because of injuries, yeah. yeah. And then on retire. But, and so, that was the tag team title match, actually. That they We were the defending champions against them. Champions. Yeah, yeah. We, did you guys win? We did. Oh, we did. look at yeah. that. <laughs> it's probably all because of Marcus. It was all because of Marcus. But you know, when I did a, a quick plug here, when I did WWE Extra Work back in uh, September, um, and I ran into Leo, we did talk about that, and it was just a cool experience so, to be standing in a WWE locker room talking to Leo Rush about the match that we had a few years ago. How much bigger are you than him? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a tall dude. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, I, but, but uh, I bet you're not as big as Valentin Drake. No, no. And that guy's a powerhouse. Is like, he is... He could muscle me up no matter what I tried to do. In that match, there was a few times where I just wasn't prepared for how strong he was. And, and this was before, like, the whole Prince gimmick and everything. It was, yeah. So, he was just being a powerhouse. Yeah. That was his thing. And people might forget that about it. Yeah. Because he seems so... I don't want the word isn't, I'm looking for is not soft. But he, he just seems like it's he's not as strong as he is. It's his gimmick. Yeah, it's, it's his gimmick. gimmick. Yeah. But he's actually insanely strong. He's super young still. And uh, and Leo was just lightning fast, you know. Yeah. He definitely kicked me in the face a couple times before I even saw him move. <laughs> no. Did you did you get any blood? I did not. No, I did not. He, I know he's uh, very fast with his mouth. Was there any good uh, <laughs> good shit talking stories? No, he was uh, super cool. Are you telling me that's a gimmick? Come on. Nah, it might be. It might be because I never had that experience. Even when I saw him in the WWE locker room, he wasn't like that with me. Um, I'm not saying he's not like that with yeah. other people because I'm hearing stories, but I yeah. can't confirm or deny anything because I've never had those experiences. Well, not even the stories that I, I hear. Leo Rush, when he was on the main roster, was one of the most over people in the company because when he came out, people legit lost their mind, booed, hated this guy. And that doesn't yeah. happen in wrestling today. Yeah. No, that you're right. not happen in wrestling today. Yeah. And that was something they had lightning in a bottle. I mean, I think Bobby Lashley is like an amazing wrestler, but nobody ever cares. Yeah. And they legitimately cared to not like him because That's of Leo Rush. So I think they, they messed up. Or he maybe he messed it up. Maybe. I, I don't know the, the real story, but I, I do think he was money. I really yeah. do. And I'm not just saying that because I get along with the guy I, and that I, we work. I'm the one that said it. You know, that's true. Yeah, he, I thought he was he was great. I thought he was a great fit. Yeah. And hopefully he can sort whatever it is he has to sort and get out. Uh, you mentioned you were at WWE. I was. Yeah. Get, give me that story. People want to hear that. We, we, were, we were talking, I think I remember it was Ray's fall. It was in the fall. It was, yeah. I, I got the, uh, the email to... Uh, asked me to come down in August, and uh, it was at the beginning of September. It was Columbus, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan for Ron Smackdown. And you are living in? And I'm in Buffalo, New York. That's not close. That's No, that's not close <laughs> at all. Not close. Either one of those are close. That, I believe, is seven hours each way. Uh, it was five and a half to Columbus, and then from Columbus, I think it was a little over three to Detroit, and then I shaved off a, a bunch of time by cutting through Canada from yes. Detroit to get home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to go to Detroit. Yeah. So, 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 what I remember the most is I don't remember if it was Raw or SmackDown, but somehow you got lucky that there was a certain wrestler there who was making his first appearance in a while. Yeah, yeah. The, one of the first people I saw was Shawn Michaels, and uh, man, I freaked out because obviously you know I started wrestling yeah. because I love Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He's he's my all time favorite wrestler, and uh, of course I got to have a little conversation with him in the back, and he was super friendly, super helpful, nice guy. But I was just, when I heard his voice before I even saw him, I was like, oh, my God, 
this is really happening and I'm really back here. And that's when it all became real. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I, I even remember telling you when you uh, fangirled me and went crazy about it <laughs> that John Michaels was there. I'm like, it's a good sign for you. Yeah. This is your first extra work at WWE and for some damn reason Shawn Michaels decided to dust off the boots. Right then, yeah. Because that's when they made the announcement. Or just about the time that they were going to have that match in yes. Australia. Yes. Which didn't go so well. Right. <laughs> but we, we'll blame We'll just blame it on Kane. Yeah, it was we'll all blame Kane. That's why he's a mayor now. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't the Undertaker at that show? He was. That's that was uh, that was a surprise. Yeah. I didn't even know. I was actually, um, I went out into the crowd to watch that segment. And, uh, you know, looking all fancy in my suit and all. And uh, as the crowd started cheering when the gong hit, I remember thinking in my head, Man, they're pulling the chain of all these people because he's not even here. I was back there all day long. I didn't see him, right. you know. And then uh, he walked out, and I was like, "Okay." He is one of the only ones that can legitimately still surprise people. Yeah, like he—he's such a big star. Mm-hmm. But like with all the Dave Meltzers in the world and everybody's wrestling podcast, that think they know everything, and that's not yours. You're just yeah, right. <laughs> you, you, no one ever knows when he's going to show up. No. no one ever knows what he's doing. He's one of the only ones that are keeping Kate Mabel alive. Agreed, agreed. And I used to think Chris Jericho was like that, but he's a little different now. Now he is. But Chris Jericho used to be a surprise, too, yeah. when he would make his comeback. Yeah. What I remember most about that, that as I'm watching, I think that was SmackDown. What, that, that, was, that was Sean? That, that was Raw. They were both at Raw. They were both at okay, Raw. So I'm watching, that's right. I was watching Raw live. I was watching it at my mother's. I went and visited her for that day, and I was watching it there. And you're there, and I was texting you earlier, and then I heard the gong, and I <laughs> said to myself, that son of a bitch. <laughs> Because for as much as you like Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker's mine. Most of yours, yeah. So, (laughs) that's such good omens for you. Yeah. And uh, hopefully that just proves, you know, keep going. Because these guys went out there and did it at, um, what are they, 55? 55-ish, yeah. You know, and like... Well, I I did get offered a a spot on 205 Live. I had a tryout match uh, before SmackDown, which is, that's what they call them, tryout matches. And um, it was five minutes, and uh, I faced a guy from OVW, and uh, Dean Malenko came up to me afterwards, and he offered me a spot on 205 Live. And he came back through, and uh, I won't give away (laughs) exactly what happened or what their secrets are, but due to a situation out of my control, they had to pull that back. But I was told that, uh, that they did enjoy my tryout match and that, you know, we would you know, you take touch. that as an omen is, is that you're so how much are, how much do you weigh? Do I weigh? Yeah, uh, 187. So you could be in 205 live. Take that omen as put on some muscle, forget 205 live. Yeah, right. Become get up there on the main roster. Yeah, you know, do yeah. what you got to do because 205 live that'd be awesome if you could make it. But if you put on you know 30 more pounds, yeah, and you can't qualify for 205 live, go make a big. Splash and NXT. Do what you got to do. I agree. I totally agree. And I'll, I'm, I'm I'll, hitting I'll the gym hard. Some food. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cook you some food. No, we, me and the returning Marcus Midnight, yes. your old partner who wrestled with you for four years? Three. Three years? Yeah. We were having a chat during your match or before your match. And we both agreed that you're in the best shape of your life. Oh, thank you, man. I didn't know you were going to talk about that. We, we did, we did. You know. we, we said you're in the best shape of your life. You're looking great. It's your time, it's your time to dominate. 2020 is coming. It's a new decade. Yeah. It's the decade of Vegas. Yes, yes, it is. And you have wrestled a few big names in your career. Yeah. I think your most recent one was another tag match, this time with the Mad Dog, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was last summer or the summer before? Last summer, not even a year ago yet. So not yeah. even a year yeah. ago. I, what I remember, and I didn't go to this match, and all I remember you complaining about were these guys were 
really strong. Oh, yeah. And it was really hot outside. Yeah, yeah, Warlord and Barbarian, Powers of Pain. Uh, I was sweating my ass off. And I'm going to give a shout-out to Mad Dog right now because he made me work 85% of that match. <laughs> you do it, Mad Dog. You go, Craig. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was a great experience. I learned a lot from those guys, and they were definitely huge, definitely strong. Um, and, again, we picked up the win. Um, and these are older guys, too. They're yeah. in the 55, they are. 60 range. They are. They and might be older than Sean. They, yeah, they have to be. Yeah, they have so to they don't even be in the sixties. And they were, they were just full of knowledge, and uh, they, they really took it to us. Like, and you wouldn't have known their age had you watched, because you know, barbarian especially could still go, and that was just a great learning experience. And we really gave them the fight of our lives. Like, I, I put like my A plus plus game on for that well, one. These, these so. guys were like in main event matches at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, title matches at WrestleMania. Yeah. this is eighties WrestleMania. Yeah. So, like, when there wasn't as many matches with everything. So, these guys were a big deal. Yeah, they were. These they guys were. were just basically the, uh, I was going to say the heel demolition, because the demolition mm-hmm. became babyface. They did so become babyface, yeah. So, they were, they were just a big, bruising, and I think they're forgotten a lot. Yeah, and I don't know why. I don't think they're mm-hmm. Hall of Famers. No, I don't think so. And I think they should be. Yeah, I mean, Barbarian was around for a long time. Even Warlord, I remember um, when we were younger, if I recall correctly, he was in a feud with the British Bulldog for a while. When he was when, it, when he was a singles, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Barbarian was around forever, even I, in WCW. WCW. You know? That's why I'm surprised that they're not... And it seems like the, the Hall of Fame has, you know, they have their forte of every year we have to get a tag team in. Right, so, right. And it might happen. You know what's a funny story is the first time I met Barbarian, I was 13. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got his autograph on a, on a they used to do the uh, World of Wrestling magazines. They were huge. They were thick. And they were stuffed with, like, more popular, like, I guess they, they would still be considered indies at the time. I don't know if they still had territories or whatnot, but ECW was in there, WCW, WWE, and it was like a combination magazine. And, yeah, I met the Barbarian when I was 13, and he was so intimidating and, like, really scary. <laughs> and then I wrestled him when I was 30, and that's he was really intimidating yeah. and really scary. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't, you just don't lose it. Like, you, I, I guess you could lose the intimidation and the muscle. Yeah. But th- those guys obviously kept at it. Yeah, for And sure. they, uh, they put hurt on you. They did. They did. And, uh, you know, it turned into a big brawl at the end, and uh, we beat the count. <laughs> yeah, you see that, folks? <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna ask you a serious question here. Who hits harder, uh, uh, the barbarian or Cyclone Joe? Ooh, it was definitely the barbarian. Ah, oh, yeah, man, yeah. I'm telling. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna tell him right now. It was close though. I gotta say, because Cyclone listens to the show, so I know he's gonna hear that. So at first he's gonna, <gasps> but then he's gonna hear me say it was close, and he's gonna be all right. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. So everybody knows. I'm sorry if I'm so manic at this, folks. I just like to move things along. You people are busy. You got a lot to do. <laughs> Tell me, who are your top three villains slash horror movie? Not the movies per yeah. se. The the villains, the bad guys, or good guys, if you want to call them that. You got three to choose from. Oh man! Because as you stated before, I'll give you a second. I'll 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 amble while you're. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you said before you're big into horror movies. I yeah. see horror movie tattoos on you. Yep. You got a doll over there. Over <laughs> there. Um, I'm just getting into it in the past couple of years. So I've never been into movies in general. Right. And I'm just kind of getting into the horror movie scene. You and I went on a date. We went and saw uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, the anniversary. Yeah. The anniversary. That was great. Uh, I bought the popcorn. And I bought the tickets. There we go. So, <laughs> um, so I'm getting into the horror movie scene. So I'm asking you, as someone who isn't into it as much, mm-hmm. who are the coolest ones? Top, your top three. Go three, two, one. 
Three, two, one. One being my favorite of all time. Yeah. All right. So number three, I'm gonna go Jerry Dandridge, who is the uh, vampire from the original Fright Night from uh, 1985. Um, I'm gonna have to go with um, Victor Crowley from uh, the Hatchet series, uh, played by Kane Hodder. Mm-hmm. So for for Jason fans out there, Kane Hodder plays Victor Crowley. So check that out if you haven't yet. The wrestler with the red mask. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, I think number one's got to be Jason. As as much as I would love to say, because I love just black and white horror movies, so I'd love to say like Bela Lugosi as Dracula because that's, you know, an amazing film. But uh, I don't know. Jason's just such a cool, cool villain, you know? Right. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, yeah, I'll have to go with Jason on that how one. Could, how could it not be Jason? Right. You know, J- Jason has been a little bit of everything. He was even uh, an old woman. He was. <laughs> he was, yeah. And he was even a uh, EMT driver. He was that too, yeah. Jason, I think, even as as many people say, like, Jason X was, like, horrible and Jason in space, like, I get it. The concept was absolutely ridiculous. But if you actually watch Jason X and you're not entertained, like, come on. <laughs> I haven't even made it that far yet, so I'm going to be honest. I've only watched the first five. All right, fair. So, so that's, a, that's how, how I know that much as of now. And the other two guys you said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I'll let you borrow the DVD. <laughs> That's strange to me. But the cool thing I will say about Jason is his video game is sweet. Yes, okay. I know you're big into that. Yeah, I'm into yeah. that video game. So that helps me get into it as well. So now those are your villains, but like, yeah. well, are those your three favorite movies as well? Probably not. <laughs> Do you have to think about these ones? Um, well, Fright Night definitely is. I can watch Fright Night what is every Friday? day. Tell me. Uh, it is a vampire movie. Um, it's about a kid who has a vampire movie next door. And he figures it out, and he's trying to convince his mom and his girlfriend and his friends that this vampire is next door to him. And nobody believes him, of course, so he enlists the help of uh, of a horror movie host. So similar to what Elvira is, but it's an older guy. Okay, so like and, Ben Gulli. Yeah, like that, exactly. So he enlists this guy's help, thinking, well, he'll believe in vampires, and they'll you know, defeat this vampire together. Meanwhile, the vampire is trying to kidnap and keep his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So it's a really cool movie. They did do a remake. You said 80s? Yeah, it was 85. 80s, as a lot of people say, the, the great age of horror movies. I agree, 100%. Is that the best? Absolutely. It, it's better than like the 30s or 40s? Well, you know, I think it was more 40s, right? I'd say, well, it depends, because like Bela Lugosi did Dracula in 1932. So that's a great yeah. flick, you know. But, you know, if you're talking Vincent Price, we're talking, it could be 50s, 60s, 60s, you yeah. know, um, which I love them all. But I feel like 80s was more of the era of the slasher, mm-hmm. and I love the slasher. You know? So you like the gore, you like the gore. I do, I do. But, I, you know, I, I love the original Creature from the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, and Dracula. That. Yeah, those are just, and they still hold up. Yes. You know, they, they don't need to be in color. I actually feel like they're creepier 
with the crackling film. The black and, and white yeah. horror movies are great. There's a certain mm-hmm. charm to them. You're right. Agreed. It's like they're scary because they're almost they're not as far fetched. Yeah. Maybe the creature like Black Lagoon is a little far fetched. Yeah, but if you watch House on Haunted Hill, not so much. Right. You know what I mean? It's, so. it's almost like you know with what I say about wrestling, like it's got to be a little believable. Yeah. To be real, same thing with the horror movies. It's got to be a little believable. That's why people were so freaked out about The Exorcist. Yeah, 100%. That's why people kind of shit on Jason X, because that's not necessarily believable. No, no it's not. But it was fun. It was meant right. to be fun and entertaining, you know? And it was Kane Hodder, of course. Which is okay with horror movies. Yeah. Like, that's fine, too. For sure. You know, For that's sure. your 80s horror movies, too. Your boy Freddy yeah. helped usher that along. Absolutely. So, so you said, so what are your other two? So I said Fright Night. Um, I'll have to go with Scream. No. Uh, I think Scream was a, a return to the slasher. I think the slasher films started falling off, and Scream breathed new life into them. But don't you think Scream is also like a little old school at the same time? It is. It because is. it's so it's believable. Yeah, it's a huge throwback. Their color ID wasn't really a, a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was coming around, but it wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a believable movie that could have happened. And I thought it was great. And they, of course, paid homage to so many great mm-hmm. horror movies. They they dropped all kinds of facts about horror movies. Definitely hands down one of my favorites. Was that a Wes Craven joint too? It was. It was. And he's one of the masters. Yes. And then, of course, uh, I'd say for the third one, I'm going to have to pick one of my black and white ones. It's going to be a toss-up. Depends on the day. It could either be uh, House on Haunted Hill or uh, or Dracula, but I'm going to go with House on Haunted Hill. What about Creature? I love Creature so much. That's true, too. I I could watch that one every single day. (laughs) But Uh, tell me about House on the Haunted Hill, because I know there was a remake for that. There was, but they're not as good. Uh, Vincent Price, I think, is like, speaking of masters of horror, like, he's synonymous with horror movies. Yes. I mean, he was the voice in the thriller music video. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, that's what everybody knows. How creepy is that? Yeah. And yeah. everybody can try to, like, you know, mimic it or make fun of it. Nobody mm-hmm. can do it. No, I, he was I, old. He's probably real old then too. He was. His actually his last movie that he actually appeared in was Edward Scissorhands. He, really? he was uh, the the mechanic who built Edward, who who died at the beginning of the movie. Really, yeah. I haven't seen that in so long. Yeah, that was Vincent Price, and that was his last appearance on film. Yeah. Wow. Well, you heard it, Rock Soldiers. You got some homework. To do. Yeah. Right, <laughs> I got some homework to do. The reason we bring that up is because we might be doing some segments in the future where he makes me watch a horror movie. Yes, yes. What we're going to do is uh, Chaz, uh, being the new horror movie uh, person that he is, and myself, being the fanatic that I am, and uh, Miss Maddie Vegas are going to be doing a segment on horror films, and she absolutely hates horror movies. So we're going to get three different takes on the same movie and present it to you guys, and then you can decide if you want to check out the movie. That's why I say, I hope she's not listening to this, you should be recording when you're watching the horror movie with her, so you can get all her screams <laughs> and reactions and, and like put them in. Just the thing. Yeah. Yeah, At this stage, it sounded like this. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's what you should do. Don't tell her. <laughs> okay, so we'll bring it back to music for a little bit here. Sorry I'm taking up so much of your time. Chad's got a busy day. What are you working on right now? I heard you got you working on some new music. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, releasing a new album this summer called. Uh, <clears throat> well, I guess I'll name drop it for the first time here for, for everybody. Uh-oh. Uh oh, breaking news! It's uh, I'll keep you safe, you keep me wild, and it's uh, an acoustic album. Um, or at least it started that way. But now I'm you know throwing in bass and piano and things like that on some of the tracks. What do you mean you're throwing? Um, it's 100% me. Nobody else is is uh, doing anything on this record. Um, it's 10 tracks, one cover, nine originals. Um, covers from uh, Ran, who is the uh, part.
part of the duet Bourbon Crow with Wednesday 13. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, I talked to him. He's a friend. Always comes back to Wednesday. Always comes back to Wednesday. And uh, he allowed me to uh, use one of his his songs. And then the other nine are all originals that I've written in the last year. So that should be out by, uh, at the latest, August. And where can we find it? Um, it's going to be on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Google Play, and I'll also be selling hard copies, too, for people who still like to buy CDs. I yeah. love to buy uh, <laughs> I love to buy vinyl. Yeah, I'm not doing vinyl. <laughs> Think about it sometimes. I'll do, in like 10 years, I'll do a re-release on vinyl. <laughs> do you bring your, uh, would you bring your CDs to your wrestling? Yes, because actually fans have been asking me, so I'm going to be selling them with my, my wrestling shirts. I also have like magnets, pictures, DVDs, and I'll have my CDs, too. Have you came up with a price? Ten dollars. Yeah. Can't beat that. Dollar a song. Dollar a song. Yeah. So you have it your whole life. You should buy it, people. Give it. Give Give him a listen. The man's got plenty of talent, as you already know, or he wouldn't be listening to this. And this year, playing the VIP tent for the Kiss farewell. So full circle. Look at that. Full <laughs> circle. Was that your first concert? It was. I was eight. You were eight. I yeah. was. It was my first concert too. We didn't go together. To that no. One, but we both went. I was ten, and look at it. It changed our lives yeah. forever. And it was the original members of KISS. It was. It was right at the arena in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Tons of people. I remember the big KISS blow-up things yep. in the front of the building. I wanted to steal them. Yep. Um, so the question I have to you about wrestling is H.C. Uh, Loka, he's going to whip that ass, huh? Oh, my God. This uh, this match is going to be really cool, really fun. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it sounds weird, but I don't mind taking an ass whooping because if I could take an ass whooping and keep coming, what does that say about me? Yeah. You know what I mean? It shows that you have that tenacity. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, I just saw him. I mean, he's a pretty big dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like Cyclone's a big dude, but this guy's arms look a little, little yeah, bigger. Yeah, Loke is in phenomenal yeah. shape, phenomenal shape. Uh, and I'm sure he's looking forward to showing me how good a shape he's in. I do believe the the promo that I watched this morning that he cut on me. He said it would be impossible Ooh. for me to beat him. Those are big words. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that all things are possible through him who gives me strength. So right. it's not happening. Well, you heard that. You heard it here first, folks. Watch out, HC Lowe. That's it. Watch out. <laughs> Cutting cut promos out. <laughs> all right, I got a few more questions for you, so sure. people to get to know you. Okay, so we talked about your top three uh, movie villains. Mm-hmm. I think the heel in wrestling is one of the best things in the world, and I think it's one of the most underutilized and forgotten things in the world. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the same question about who are your top three heels of all time, three, okay. two, one. And I'm going to put in another addendum right now. Who are some of the best heels in the business today? Okay, on any scale or just WWE? Like who do you? Yeah, any scale doesn't matter. Who okay. who can actually do it in your opinion? You're the wrestler. I'm just a fan. I've never okay. taken a bump in my life, and you've tried to, uh, <laughs> have to take bumps, and I'm just afraid. Yeah. So I, I just wondering how we're gonna we'll, we'll debate. Well, we'll talk about the heels together. But your top three. Give 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 me them of all time. Three top three. Um, I'm gonna say Jake the Snake, um, Mr. Perfect, mm. and um. Last one's going to be tough because now I got a bunch running through my head. I automatically go back to when um, Bret Hart was a heel in the United States that and face in Canada. So I'm probably going to say Bret Hart because you think so? that's when I was um, really yeah. impressionable, and that was like my that was the biggest time of wrestling. Which just yeah. before the biggest. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we weren't into. We didn't just get into it because it was cool, folks. We were already there. We were there. We okay. watched it go there. We way. did it before. It was cool. um, just but like, I just thought that that was a really cool concept. And for that reason, I think Brett pulled it off perfectly. But if you think about it, though, was he really a heel? Meaning he was only heel to oh, yeah, one true. country. That's true, yeah. Everybody that's else, everybody loved, else loves know, him. So that's yeah. what was a cool dynamic. It was a cool dynamic, yeah. But I guess that wouldn't make him, like, number one heel. Well, 
You know, Ted DiBiase, I don't ever remember that's him right. being anything but yeah. heel, so I'm going to just go with Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase, that's that. my guy. He, yeah. well, the reason I say Ted DiBiase, I always have this argument. A lot of people like to say the great Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. and that's a great pick, too. But the reason I think it's Ted DiBiase is because he was always a heel. That's true. 100% that's true. of the time. Piper yeah. had his had, has a good guy run. Mm-hmm. All the guys you mentioned had their good guy run. Yeah. Never Ted DiBiase. You know who, this isn't the same thing because he flopped from heel and face a lot, but um, Edge was really good. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Edge was really good. Yes, Edge was good. Um, When he started doing the rated R and being heel, I think that that was some of the best heel work I've ever seen. And that was in the era of heels and faces didn't really matter anymore. Yeah. You know, because people would say there was the era of the cool heels. Mm -hmm. Stone Cold. The Stone Cold, the WO. And then it just seems like the heels just disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of feel like the internet almost killed wrestling. <laughs> the internet or the internet fans? Yeah. Well, that's some, more some like, of yeah, some like, of them. Some yeah. of them. Like, I'm not trying to shit talk on wrestling fans because mm-hmm. I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. But some of them just kill it. And, yeah. and it's just like, heels today are hard to come by. I feel it like is. true it heels. Is. We were talking about Leo Rush earlier. Yeah. He actually had that heel Agreed. reaction. Matt Taven. Matt Taven. Love Matt Taven. Yeah. And nicest guy ever. You know, recently came to an upstate pro show and hung out and watched our show just because they were in town uh, in Buffalo Friday. And then I think they had a day off when our show was and then Toronto the following day. So they came to our shows, Taven and Kenny King and Dalton Castle. And it was just really cool. They were all super friendly, awesome guys. And then, of course, fast forward to me and you meet Matt Taven. And he remembers. And he's a cool guy. (laughs) He remembered. He was talking to you about that show, I remember. And then he... um, he, I remember I bought an autograph from Matt Taven. I'm a big Matt Taven fan. Mm-hmm. And I told him, and I asked him for an autograph. He signed one for me, and then he signed me a second one for my business mm-hmm. for free. So for he's a super him. cool guy, but not on screen. Right. He's so great. let's not let that ruin his uh, yeah. his healness. Yeah, he's a he's a great so. he's a great uh, he's a great heel. He actually elicits booze. Agreed. And uh, as my son just pointed out, as he wrote down Samoa Joe, yes. so uh, Samoa Joe would be another one. Yeah, Samoa Joe's awesome, <laughs> but, but Joe is like, a, I think he's a great heel, but he's so, it, meaning like people actually cheer for him and like him at the same time, and that's okay. He, yeah. he, he's kind of like in the middle. It's yeah. not like complete. And I thought one of the best heels in the business for a long time, who just changed, though, was The Miz. Agreed. Agreed. You know, he just yeah. said, he finally went back to face, and has it worked for him? I don't really mm-hmm. know. But I, I, I personally think currently Drew McIntyre is a great heel. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, you know. and he's actually getting booze too. Yeah, for he sure. is. He's actually getting booze, which is shock, which surprises me. Yeah, because he was a big fan. He was a big fan favorite for a while. When yeah. he came back, the pop was huge. I remember like that. Yeah, uh, I thought Dolph Ziggler did a really good job of being heel and still does. Yes, he's, uh, he's a better Dolph Ziggler can do anything. Yeah, I just uh, feel he's a better heel. That's even his Twitter name. Yeah, it is. Isn't <laughs> it? Yeah. Heel, yeah. Heel, and I love that he loves '80s hair metal. Like Duck. he loves Steel Panther, Motley Crue, and Skid Row, and all that. What about Bang Tango? You think he likes Bang Tango? He might. I I opened up for Bang Tango. Come on. I did, and <laughs> they were the only '80s hair metal band that I ever opened up for. But it was a lot of fun. I think their only hit was like Love Injection or whatever. But I can't even remember Bang Tango. You don't remember Love Injection? Mm. I mean, I know we were both only alive in the '80s for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it made some kind of impact. I mean, I believe I've seen uh, the singer's second band. Didn't he? Uh, yeah, Beautiful Creatures, Beautiful Creatures when we went to yeah. see them at Snow Jam, snow when they would ship in all the snow in August we're, and have snow. We're in Buffalo, the snow capital of the East, <laughs> to have a snow jam in August. In August. And ship in all those fake snow and uh, yeah. decent bands. Yes, at the time. yes. We, but, but, uh, that night we saw Tantric and the Beautiful Creatures Goldfinger and, and Goldfinger and Sloan. And Rozelle. Yes, yes. The rapper. Yes. 
But we didn't know who Beautiful Creatures was. Do you remember who was in that band? Uh, DJ Ashba, uh, Joe Lee Stays. Yes, DJ Ashba became from that day became one of my favorite guitar players of he all had, time. He ended up being in Guns N' Roses. He mm-hmm. he is the guitar player of Six A.M. Yes, and he also plays guitar on Neil Diamond's Christmas record. Really? He does. Well, there's, there's some big credits right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the drummer, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's Alice Cooper's drummer. Alice Cooper's drummer, yeah. Yeah. He, he went to do that. So that and those were younger guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that was early 2000s. Those guys were in their 20s. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. It was Joe. It was Joe Lestay who was like in his forties. Yeah. Probably at that. Well, he was coming out of Bang Tango. You got to figure. If we were fifteen, it was what two thousand and three. Yeah. Something. Something like that. Yeah. So beautiful creatures. You open up for Joe Lestay. I yeah. mean Bang Tango. Right. That's right. all that matters. <laughs> so it, so speaking about singers, who are Robbie Vegas's three top three favorite singers? The ones that inspire you the most. Does it, does it mean? That, yes, everybody loves Freddie Mercury. He's got a great voice. We right. all know that. Right. But, like, who are your three biggest inspirations? Um, number one is always going to be Sebastian Bach. Sebastian Bach is hands down my favorite singer of all time. I think he's the greatest singer ever. I really do. Um, I mean, and he, you've got an argument. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he just, and he can still sing. And from what I see in interviews and things like that, he seems like such a down-to-earth, genuine guy. I just read his book, 18 and Life on Skid Row, and it was fantastic. Um Brett Michaels, for sure, um, just because I'm such a huge Poison fan and got to spend, you know, a half hour with him on his tour bus just talking and I'm hanging gonna out. I'm going to say something degrading to, to you. You're a Brett Michaels, Mark. <laughs> I am. <laughs> my autograph, his autograph is tattooed on my arm. And uh, he's he's just a fantastic human being. Spending that much time with him just to talk to him. And he acted like we were great friends. And it was 30 minutes on his tour bus of just talking about music and wrestling. And very was he a wrestling fan? No, he was interested in just the fact that I did it. Uh, and that's what he wanted to talk about. Did and he ever he, take his cowboy hat off? He did not. Oh, okay. He did not. And he was wearing a shirt that, for some reason, was about meatballs, and I don't know why. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, the meatballs? The meatballs, yeah, they're <laughs> great. Uh, the Every Rose guitar was sitting there. He gave me permission to use something to believe in. You really? Know? Yeah, he did. To, like, cover it? Yeah, he told oh. me to play it out and let him know. And, like, people have actually, I tell that story before I play it, and people have actually tagged him in the post of me playing it. Oh, that's, so that's super cool. He took a picture of me for his website, too. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Sebastian Bach, Brett Michaels, and uh, it's hard to narrow down the third because, of course, being a huge Kiss fan, you want to say Paul Stanley, but I have so many other people in mind at the same time. Well, that's my so, number one fault. Uh, yeah, right. Then, so I'll take that. You don't have to have them. You don't have to have them. Well, well, well I'm not going to call them out, but uh, what about Wednesday? I mean, I love Wednesday. I think Wednesday's voice is super unique, um, and I think he's better than he's ever been. And he's been around for a long time. I think Wednesday was doing... Uh, you know, Maniac Spider Trash in like 1993. Mm. So he's been around. For, just take that in. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the grunge era, that's, he was. Uh, that's WrestleMania 9, bro. That's <laughs> El Matador and Crush. Yeah, right. Kona Crush. You're right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I, I, let's just keep it at Wednesday 13. I, I think it's, it's Wednesday for you because, yeah. like, yeah, maybe you, I mean, and you didn't like him in 95, 96 growing up. You weren't listening to him then, but he's made such a big impact on you now. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. He, he, and I like him as a human being. Like, having a conversation with him is always a great conversation and it's always a lot of fun. I have a picture of uh, when I was tag team champions with Mark and Midnight with me and Wednesday holding the tag team titles. Um, Probably a better part. Right. Yeah. He was a better 
better partner. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, his guitarist, Ramon, was holding a title in, in one of the other pictures. But just having a good time with those guys. And, and his voice is really unique and very powerful. He can do it. Well, he's got a good voice. Yeah, and you got to think, too. It's an odd voice. It's an odd voice, but yeah. it's so good. And he could hit any note in his voice. But then if you think about it, if you listen to Bourbon Crow, which is his country act, yeah. he can sing. Yeah. And then you listen to Gunfire 76, and he can sing. Yeah. You know, Wentz is very underrated, like yes. just in general. Mm-hmm. I don't even mean just as a singer, just his whole him, his whole shtick. Yeah, it just he is, in my opinion, and this is gonna, this is me, this is not sanctioned by Robbie Vegas. <laughs> Wednesday is better than Rob Zombie, and he should oh, be, for sure. he should be that big, and he should be the one that's the touring, you know, horror yes. show guy, not Rob Zombie. I agree. I'm not a Rob Zombie, <laughs> so maybe I'm being a hater. Right I think I totally agree. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think that Wednesday's more creative. Uh, I think his lyrics and his music are more creative. I think that his band is more talented. I enjoy his stage show and the way that he looks, the way that he works, and he changes it. For somebody that tours so much, you're going to see a different show. You're going to see different costumes and outfits and, and changes and hairstyles and, and all of that stuff. And uh, I don't know. I just can't say enough good things about the guy. I think I honestly feel like he's a musical genius, and and that's with like all the projects that he's done from Frankenstein, Drag Queens, Maniac Spider Trash, Wednesday Thirteen, Murder right. Dolls, Gunfire, Bourbon Crow. Like they're all different. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, like that's yeah. like he's like you know what he is, and he's gonna appreciate this. He's the Ric Flair. He is the Ric Flair. He's got so many factions. (laughs) He knows what he's got to do. And I know he'll appreciate me saying that. Well, thank you everyone for turning into the Wednesday 13 podcast. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Spook Show, the Wednesday 13 podcast. (laughs) Well, we'll just give you the last couple of questions here. We've got three more for you, keeping with our top three themes. Yes. Uh, We will go with, we'll go back to, we'll do a music and then two wrestling. Sure. How about that? Yeah. So we talked about your three favorite singers. Mm -hmm. What about? Your top, what about your guitar players? Who are you guys? Uh, Bruce Kulick. <laughs> Kulick, which I believe is in the uh, vault, isn't it? Yes, I just interviewed him a couple episodes ago. Huge career that he had with Michael Bolton, Meatloaf, of course, 12 Years in Kiss, and currently Grand Funk Railroad, but also Union with Ever. right Union with guys from you know Rat and Motley Crue. Yeah, and, that's, a, that's a very underrated album. Agreed. Now, Agreed. I met Bruce Kulick personally. You didn't? No, I did not. I, did not. I met him personally. Super nice guy. He so was I can those, tell. <laughs> it was one of those conventions where you had to buy. Like I met Ace Freely as well. You had to spend sixty dollars. You got a ticket. You get to meet Ace, get an autograph. Same thing for Bruce. Yes. Right? Yep. And I was like, whatever. I'll do it. I like them both. But next thing you know, and some people were mad about this, but I thought it was cool. Bruce sets up a table just in the room with all the common folk, and he's just <laughs> sitting there to 
to shake hands and sign autographs yeah. and, and just do it on his own. Yeah. Like he, he still honored all that $60 commitment that he signed up for, but he didn't have to do that. Yeah, He sat sure. there, he pulled up a chair right next to his brother Bob, and he was a super like easygoing guy. He was happy to be there. He rushed in. He signed any autograph. I got him to sign Carnival Souls, which is a very underrated Kiss album, folks. Oh, for sure. For sure. I actually said that to him in the... In the uh, I believe you did, yeah. yeah. And just, he was he a nice guy. Kill, he kills it mm-hmm. on that album. He, and he sings on it. And he does sing on it. Yeah. I think he's great. I think he's one of the most under underrated guitar players ever because he was in the forgotten era of Kiss. Yes. He really was, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you and you know Chris Jericho will agree with us probably. Oh, for sure. Bruce actually asked me if I knew Chris when when he found out I was a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. And your your answer was uh, no, not yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> not personally. <laughs> going to happen when, uh, when Chris. No, when Chris uh, when Chris gets you on his podcast. Right? Yeah, That's absolutely. Funny. I mean, Talk is Jericho did retweet the Bruce Kulick interview. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I, I had a I had a moment for that. That was great. So you got Bruce. Let me. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna throw one out there and yeah. in your top three still. What about Ace? Uh, no. Ooh. No. If I'm gonna pick a top three, um, Ace just just. You know, he comes to mind right away because obviously being you know, a kid. piss all these Kiss fans. I know, I know. All the Kiss fans want the original four. Yes, they yeah. But, you know, Ace was my first favorite guitar player ever. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I grew up on the Beatles and Kiss. Those are my first records. Yeah. And yes, I said records because I had vinyl and not the remake of vinyl. <laughs> I had original vinyl. And I opened up the Kiss uh, Alive One album and Ace just jumped off the page at me. Like, I knew I was going to be a guitar player because of Ace, you know. Mm. And I still love Ace and he's always going to be somebody I have a special place for. But as I get older and I'm like listening to all different kinds of things, it just kind of expanded a little bit for me. He's still in my top five. Yeah. But if you're asking me for a top three, he's going to be four or five. Well, I got to drop some knowledge on people about Ace. I saw him at that same convention. Mm-hmm. He is terrible now. Really? Dude, he just... he. That's sad because I love him. Like terrible. <laughs> like, I, I, and I mean, I love him too. I've seen yeah. him kiss 22 times. He just... He's not as... I don't know. He said he was sick at the time I, I mm-hmm. saw him. What happened at that gig is that he reunited with uh, Fraley's Comet. And okay. they played like the first three songs from their album. And it was cool, but mm-hmm. like, man, he was not good. And I'm not even talking about his singing. Mm-hmm. His guitar playing was off and sloppy. And I gave him the benefit of the doubt because he said he was sick. I checked out a, a video uh, from like months later. Mm-hmm. Not so good. Really? And that's the reason I think that he's not in kids because he just wow. really can't do it anymore. That actually makes me sad because I do love Ace. You know, with the Spaceman, I was Ace for five Halloweens, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was right next to you. Yeah, <laughs> you were. You were either Gene or Paul. I was usually Gene. Yeah. You know, Paul's my favorite. Right. Gene's just cooler. Come yeah. on. I mean, come on. Right. I don't know. I did Gene once, too. But I did Ace five times. I really did. Like, yes, I, I did. love Ace. Um, but yeah, he's top five still for me. Okay. So you got Bruce. He's a huge inspiration. So Bruce, DJ Ashba. Okay. And we already went through his credentials. Bruce, we uh, know he's DJ. And Nita Strauss. Nita Strauss. Yeah. yeah. Now, she's one or is she three? She's three. Okay, so Bruce is one. Bruce is one. So yeah. Bruce is one. Nita um, is somebody I believe you met recently. I did. I met her two or three weeks ago, and uh, she was super nice, crazy friendly. We talked wrestling, <laughs> of course. Yeah, she has something to do with WWE. Yeah, she played Shinsuke to, to the ring, and she, she did some other stuff for him, too, but um, we did talk about, you know my WWE extra work and stuff and she was talking about wrestling and uh, I wanted to talk to her about music and her guitars and she's got a signature series Ibanez now that you can get a guitar singer. Really? Yeah. And uh, well, that's of course, what you have, right? You have yeah, I, I do play Ibanez. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you tell her that? I did not. <laughs> I did not. Um, but she did. She plays Niles Cooper too, which yeah. a lot of people I don't know if people know that. Maybe they do now. But well, 
I the first time I saw her play was with Alice at Darien Lake for the Molly Crew Farewell, so that had to be three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a killer show. She, she it won me over right there. Yeah. And then seeing her at a more intimate venue like uh, Buffalo Ironworks was just mind-blowing. And this was just her solo. Yeah, and it was all instrumental besides um, one song they did, 18 by Alice Cooper, and her uh, keyboardist, uh, Cat Scarlett, sang that one. It was really good. Nice. Really good. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a crazy experience. She's super nice, super nice. And her, her boyfriend, who is her drummer, Josh, is a savage on the drums. Yeah. <laughs> well, she also, I believe, played at the Women's Evolution. She did. did that's she? right. It was yeah. her and... Uh, uh, Lizzie Hale. Lizzie Hale, yeah, that's right. Who also puts on a killer show, who I've seen a couple She's times. Great. She's great. I don't play Ibanez anymore, by the way. Well, no? No, a, a special somebody bought me a, a so hummingbird. Your electric. <laughs> your electric. It's oh, my electric? Right. I, I have, yeah, I still have the Ibanez. Yes, I, 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 I meant electric. This yeah. is a rock show. <laughs> okay, we're on a rock show right now. Oh, okay. Talk about your acoustic. Well, I'm still plugging the hummingbird, because I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cool guitar. It is, isn't it? Who, who bought you that? The special, special, lady. special lady. Special lady? Yeah, for you. <laughs> Well, shout out to Miss Vegas. Oh, thank you, thank you. The one that scared horrible. The one that scared horrible. Okay. Yeah. All right. A couple more questions, but I'll let you go here while we're in the studio here. We're just going to end it with a couple wrestling questions. Can you pick me your top three WrestleMania matches? Yes. Um, and this is starting at one, not at three. So, so this is number one. This is number the one. Greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. Uh, They've been quite a lot. Yes. And I think half of them were this year. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, there was about 27 hours of WrestleMania just this year. Yeah. So last year. So, um, my, my number one is Brett and Sean at WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man. The Iron Man. Yeah. Um, that was the moment that I knew I wanted to get into wrestling when I got older someday. I didn't know how, but I knew I was going to do it. I believe you watched that with me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think I was eight. You, yeah. Seven. Yeah. So why? Why did that? Why is that the number one? Because um, if you think about it, let, let me throw this out as a wrestling fan. Who, I'm not like a hardcore fan, but like if I see in one hour um, Iron Man match, I get a little standoffish. Like that's a mm-hmm. long time to dedicate to watch something. It is now, but I don't think it was then. So because the, it, it was new, it's the first time we ever heard of it. Ben, mm-hmm. I remember it. we we ne- we didn't know what it was. We both were Shawn Michaels fans, but we both were Bret Hart fans yeah. at the same time. So it was a big deal. It was, it was huge. And a lot of people are going to you know, look back to that the business then sucked. Well, that's not their fault. Right. And that, that match does prove it. Mm-hmm. Not their fault business sucked. It was yeah. just down in general. Yeah, and that match, I think, still stands the test of time. Like, I could watch it right now. I don't get bored. I don't want to start texting or, you know, whatever. Honestly, um, I watched it recently, and I'm not the wrestler. You're mm-hmm. the wrestler. It didn't feel like an hour-long match. No. It, it went by quick. Mm-hmm. It, it actually, no, like an hour and five minutes? Yes. Something like yeah, that. Something like that. An hour, hour and three minutes. I think it was like 63 that. minutes, yeah. So it, it didn't feel that bad. It, no. It felt like 45-minute match. Yeah. So so that's that's the one. That is number one with the whole hour. And imagine if they had an Iron Man match at Rob this year's WrestleMania. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think wrestling fans can can sit through something like that, especially the way that uh, that Brett and Sean did that. You know, it was just very paced, and it was just perfect. You well, know, there's a certain form of wrestling fans that can, but not a lot of them nowadays. Because uh, I don't know if you knew this, but a couple months ago, Matt Taven and Jay Lethal had an Iron Man match. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a big match, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Matt Taven hung with the, the the boy, but didn't win the championship yet. Yet, right? He got it. As we know, that changed. <laughs> so what's number two? Uh, so let's see. Brett and Sean is number one. Number two, um, I'm actually gonna go with Macho Man versus the Ultimate Warrior. The Warrior. Yeah. Well, everybody was like, eh, Macho Man Steamboat. That's what they thought. Yeah. So why I the know. Warrior? 
Um, something about that match just seemed like really cool. I know it was like a retirement match for for Savage, which obviously he didn't retire. Yeah, but um, I don't know. The dynamic between those two is always really like it would just catch you, especially when you're a kid. Because what was that WrestleMania so seven. seven? So I mean, think about. I had to be five, so were, four. So seven like, was what ninety one. Yeah, so you were four. four. And I, but for some reason, like I remember loving Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior. And then when I got older and rewatched that, and you know, I I bought all the VHSs when they started releasing the mm. the box sets yep. of the WrestleManias, and I would rewatch that one the most because really? something about the dynamic between those two just worked so well, and it was just a good story, right? You know, and then at the end with Macho and Miss Elizabeth, like just bringing it all together. I don't know. It was just. It was my version of like the first time I was like, oh, that's a WrestleMania moment when I look back on it. Right. You know, as as being, you know, the older guy watching the VHS tape going, oh, yeah. Like, and when I say older guy, I probably mean like 13. But <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though? Because like when you first see it and, and you're like really young, it's just two cool characters. Right. But then when you go back and watch it, the story still keeps you locked I'm, in. I'm very surprised that that surprised me coming from you. Just mm-hmm. because uh, if anyone's going to say a Macho Man match, it's usually Steamboat. Or if anyone's going to mm-hmm. say a Warrior match, it's usually Hogan. Hogan, right. So, and that was a great, all of those matches were great. Yeah, for sure. You know, and an underrated sure. match as well was Hogan and Zap. Yeah, that for sure. Match for sure. So, that's, that's surprising. That's going to cause some uh, ripples. In yeah, the probably. Probably. And then what would number three be? Uh, Michaels and Jericho. Michaels and Jericho yeah. was the 19? 19, yeah. That's amazing. 19, yeah. that's a, wow. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was a great, great match. You're not just kissing ass to try to get on top of Jericho. A little. Okay. <laughs> Um, I thought it was a great match, super well done. I loved the finish when you think that Jericho, you know, he's pouting and crying, yeah. and then, of course, he still turns on Michaels. Right. But, like, you thought it was just going to be that moment of mutual respect, and, of course, then Jericho is still Jericho. And I don't know, I, th- I think that just tied it all together as being, like, so perfectly placed. So so, so that's two Shawn Michaels matches in your top three <laughs> year mark. Yeah, I know. You are a Shawn Michaels player. I was going to go with the Taker match, actually. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. mine. Yeah. The, the first one. Yeah. Both of them. They're both so good. Yeah. The, the Shawn Michaels Undertaker. Yeah, matches. it was between one of those and the yeah. Jericho one. The, those are those are my, my personal favorite, mm-hmm. and a big shout-out to uh, Shawn Michaels' <laughs> Ric Flair. Oh, for sure. Shawn Michaels' yeah. Ric Flair. Yeah. I was in the crowd for that. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. I yeah. was watching that match, and I wasn't even watching wrestling then. Mm-hmm. But I know who doesn't know Shawn Michaels, who doesn't know Ric Flair. Right. So seeing yeah. that match, dude, I had tears in my eyes. Yeah. 24-year-old man mm-hmm. crying, like, 22-year-old man crying like a baby for that match. Yeah. So th- those are in my top two. And then even though you gave uh, most of it away right now, why don't we just end your podcast with who are your three favorite wrestlers of all time? Of all time. Uh, Shawn Michaels is number one. Really? Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to say... Marty Jannetty. Yeah, yeah. And Leaf Cassidy. Marty and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marcus Midnight's number one. Uh, so definitely Sean. Um, I'm going to have to stick with my, my wheelhouse from my younger years and go with Brett. Mm. And um, I'm going to have to go with Edge. Edge, yeah. 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 yeah, Edge was a bit of a felt like a throwback guy. Yeah, during during his time, it felt like if he was ten years older, he could have been right in there with Sean and Brett. And Brett, yeah, because like Sean and Brett, like they they, they cross boundaries, meaning like there's always like what I call them the Meltzer fans. Yeah, only like the technical stuff or they do this doesn't matter if they don't have personality or anything like that. But those guys also were the WWE guys. Yeah, and the personality they could talk, they could do everything. Yeah, for sure, those guys were great. And I put Jericho with them too. I was gonna say. Say honorable mentions to Jericho and Jeff Hardy, but yeah, yeah, those are, yeah. yeah. So for me, even though it's not my podcast, it's obviously The Undertaker, right? Chris Jericho and Sid. I, like, I was a big Sid guy. <laughs> I was a Sid guy, but he didn't make it because he he had to go play softball. Yeah. <laughs> 
I gotta go with Ric Flair, man. Yeah. And I was not a WCW guy. But my my love for Ric Flair came in his not in his later years, but just being able to go back and watch. Yeah. And and the the WWE Network is great for that for me. Yeah. To be able to just catch up on him. I mean, I just don't think you could get much better yeah. than Ric Flair. Like what yeah. a legend. And contrary to many people's uh, beliefs, I'm a big fan of his daughter as well. Are you really? Yeah, I yeah. like her. I think she's awesome. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I I think that she's leading the charge. That's for sure. She definitely is, and that's the reason that people dislike her. Yeah. Is because she's oh, I almost said she's the man. Oh, I would have gotten trouble there. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I don't want that But she is, she's their, she's their ticket. Yeah. To like, because as many people want to hit on Ronda Rousey for what Ronda Rousey represents, I get it. Ronda Rousey is the outsider and all that stuff, but Charlotte Flair is not. Agreed. She's been up the, up and down the road just as much as any other woman. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you don't, that people give her a hard time and they don't like her, doesn't make any sense to me because she took all the lumps she's getting, everything, and she's Ric Flair's daughter. Right. For Christ's sake. Right. Give her a break. Yeah. Know? That's my rant. Oh, she puts on some great matches, that's for sure. You can't deny it. You can't. She's been involved in too many moments. Yeah, you know? so people got to get over. Agreed. That's what I say. Damn Agreed. you, I'm shaking my fist wrestling fan at <laughs> you right now. Can you hear the wind on the microphone? Yeah, right here. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. Well, thank you for letting me do this. It was it was my pleasure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think you reminded me of a lot of things that I forgot about. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here for. I am the older one. That's true. That's true. I will do this anytime if you ever want to get Robbie Vegas interview part two. Yes. Oh, we we have to tell them about our other segment that's coming up, too. Oh, we mentioned the horror movie. Yes. So our other segment with the same three of us, uh, Miss Vegas and and myself and you, who is, she's just starting to get into wrestling. You've been watching wrestling your entire life, and I am a wrestler. We are going to take uh, classic matches and watch them together and dissect them and uh, talk about what we saw, what we liked, and what we thought of these matches. Should we decide the first match live on air? We can. I got an easy one. Do it. Hell in the Cell. Uh, Taker. Done. Uh, you didn't let me finish. Taker and who? Taker and Foley. I already knew. It's got to be. I already knew. I think that's a it's, great one. Especially for somebody who's never seen it before. Yeah. You know. I've seen it. Right. I've seen it, but I actually haven't watched it in years. Yeah. So to rewatch it would be cool. But for her, not knowing what's coming. Never even seen a clip. Got to have the sound up because <laughs> Yeah. Bark out. Yeah. <laughs> you got to leave that in there. Yeah, for sure. So that's going to be our first homework. That doesn't mean it'll be on next week's show, but that, no, that's yeah. going to be our first homework. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Probably in a few weeks, we'll, we'll work something out. I'm done. All right, cool, man. Well, let's uh, wrap this thing up and let these listeners go, because this has been my longest episode. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a talker. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Hence why I have a this, podcast. See, folks, this is just like hanging out by the fire, me and Robbie Vegas with our guitars, yeah. passing it back and forth for the past, like, uh, 20 years. Right. I'm proud of you, Robbie. Thank you, man. You keep up all the hard work. Will do. And the guitar's right there behind you. It is right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rock Soldiers. Well, thank you for listening in on that very special interview. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a little something about me and about us. You're going to be hearing from both of us on this podcast. Um, and now you know a little bit about your host. And as always, please check out Insane Labs. Uh, I will have a link in the description of the bio. And uh, use code RVEGAS30 to save 50%. You have no reason not to try these if you're a wrestler, if you love working out, you're keeping in shape, maybe you just want some vitamins. Whatever the case may be, I've never looked better or felt better, so I'm told. So uh, let's check those out and uh, support the people that support us and, and keep this podcast possible. Thanks, guys.
The preceding presentation has been brought to you by the Gear Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy Perez. Project Transformation is not just about my weight loss, but it's also about the people who are supporting me in my weight loss and your journeys. And frankly, it's not going to be just about my weight loss journey. Throughout this, I want to highlight people in the community that are making changes and transforming the community themselves. So it's not going to be just my transformation, but it's the community's transformation. I'm inviting you to walk with me only on the Gear Radio Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.